Hey guys, it's Mike. I'm here to tell you about one of my favorite brands, Neuro Gum. It's a product that I take every single day. Gives me good energy. I personally take it in the afternoon to give me that energy for the second half of my day. It's got a B6 and B12 vitamin, L-theanine. It's vegan, aspartame-free, gluten-free, sugar-free. Go to getneuro.com, put in promo code no wasted days for 10% off. Let's get to an uninterrupted episode 87. Episode 87, it's a little bit different this time. I went on a video podcast, Christine Kumurian's podcast. It's called Candid Coffee with two Ks. Candid has a K, coffee has a K. So this episode will be on YouTube. I will put the link in the show notes if you want to watch it. That's most likely a longer version of it. Uh, We went for about an hour and 45 minutes. There's the end of this episode is where she is very passionate about the motherland, Armenia, and how certain people treat the motherland. Um, Those who are from here, those who are from Armenia, and uh, etc. Pretty passionate about it. I let that off of this episode, but you can watch that in a video format on YouTube. Again, I'll put the link in the show notes. We talked about a lot of good stuff. The idea was when we connected, we wanted to kind of cross promote. And we then came up with an idea of just sitting down and just hanging out and having a conversation with some coffee and asking each other questions and learning about each other. She's divorced, has two kids, and she went through a really dark stage in her life when she was going through all that. And she was pretty open and honest about it, which was really cool. She's been working on herself since her divorce, and she's a complete different person, and she's done a complete 180. She talks about getting back in the dating game, and then I open up about about my life and and what I've done, and and, uh, I'm not going to tell you yet. You're going to have to listen to the episode. But for me, I'm, you know, tend to be a private person. Most of my stuff is not on social media. Most of my stuff, I don't even talk about on the podcast. So I think it was pretty cool. You can learn more about me. You can learn more about her. So let's get into it. Episode 87 with Candid Coffee. How's the coffee? Strong it's good. enough? That's good. Yeah, yeah, Chan. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Thank you. Mm. So I love having coffee. I just loved the idea of people sitting with Armenian coffee because mm. it's something about like having like pahlava on the table mm. or like chocolates and then having a cup of coffee and then somehow it just turns on this like flow of like, well, I gotta tell you, I gotta vent to you and yeah. I've always had that like... Does that take you back to your childhood at all? Like, mm-hmm. did you see your parents doing it? Or your Everybody aunts? was doing yeah. it. Every It was such a comfort thing for us. Mm. Every time we would go over, go fed them, go fed them, go fed them. Yeah, for sure. So it was like 17 cups of coffee, you know, yeah. between going over to your Morku's house and then your uncle's house and then your grandma's house or whatever. It was, it's such a past... And then, the, and then the chatter begins. Yes. Yes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And then they're, sometimes they're like, okay, go. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they're like, okay, come here. Yeah, we want to yeah, know yeah. something. <laughs> Depending on... So good. Yeah. It's so good. So how was it like for you? Like, who who did you grow up with here? I don't think I ever asked you about siblings or anything like that. Four sisters and a brother. Yeah. Damn. Four sisters and a brother. And you're which number? I'm six. I'm six of six. Wow. Yeah, you're six the of baby. Six. I'm 39 years old. Okay. And my oldest sister, I think, is 52. Wow. So everything in between. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's cool about it is third generation ran company, mm-hmm. family-owned business. Mm-hmm. And now my fourth generation is going in as my, my nephews are coming in the business as right. well. And we're all in the business together. Mm-hmm. So all siblings are together. My dad comes in every day. 
grandfather started the business in 1939. Wow. Yeah, so it's 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 pretty neat. It's a ton of history. Yeah. On my grandfather's side, third generation born American. On my mom's side, she was actually born in Stuttgart, Germany. So in a in a d displaced persons camp, her father survived the genocide. So wow. he was a kid. He was stuck in a tree watching people get murdered and crucified and so at the time he's like not, they don't really know what year he was born mm -hmm. but he's obviously in the states mm -hmm. you know he comes to the states and i'm coming back from an la kings game this is back in 2002 2003 and he always used to wear this little hat and he'd walk to the church and the walk to the church was like a mile and a half and this is he's 96 years old mm -hmm. in tremendous shape mm -hmm. so i'm making a left turn to go to my house and i see a man on the ground and I see the hat on the ground. And I mm. see police officers around him. And I see a car that more than likely hit him. And so I go home and I, and I know what happened. And my mom just gets a phone call and says, let's go, we're going to the hospital. You know, Bobby, call him Bobby. Bobby got hit by a car. You know, let's go to, I think it was USC Medical. So internal bleeding passes away. But to At think- 96. 96, probably 97 or 98. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was gardening, he was hiking, he was, walking he was he you just go go to the church and play back at one of his buddies you know that's what that's what that's where he was going mm -hmm. but to think that he survived the genocide and went through all of that in his life and then that's how he went you know it's it's yeah. it's, it's pretty amazing but so still, it I mean, was it was somebody life. who hit him with a car yeah the guy claimed that the sun was in his eyes and he didn't see him and he and he hit him and prior to that a couple weeks ago he actually told us that that light is too short to I'm, walk yeah I'm fast, Across he says. Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fast, but oh not God. fast enough for me because that there's a chance somebody's going to hit me because I, I don't have enough time to get there. Wow. And then that happened, yeah. That's so. got like an eerie premonition yeah. kind of. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. But still, I mean. Yeah, but that's a long life to live. Very long life. It's incredible. Chris, think about if he doesn't survive the genocide. Yeah. I'm not here. My family's not here. Of my course. parents don't meet. I mean, how things work out is mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. tremendous. Exactly. Yeah. There's so many stories like Powerful. that. There's so many amazing stories of like, if it wasn't for so and so, yeah. my great grandmother, my great grandfather, or whatever it is, somebody, some Turkish family took him in, or the, the nearest relief take, took an orphan and yeah. brought him to the States, or took him to Greece, or wherever yeah. it was, yeah. then we wouldn't be here today. I'm one of those stories. I'm literally getting goosebumps as I talk about it. You're one of those stories. And I think that's incredible. And I think every single Armenian has that story. They just have to kind of dig it up and yeah. like maybe record their grandmother talking about it before that grandmother either passes away or has Alzheimer's or mm. something, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, for sure. We have him on tape. Um, you do? Yeah. He, yeah. he came to our school. He was talking to the kids about Aww. his whole experience and that's all on tape. Oh, that's Which is amazing. Super cool. Yeah. That's amazing. You should definitely post that yeah. and share it. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. My dad's side, my grandmother was like my second mom. Uh -huh. Grandparents were my, my parents built a home and and, and my dad told my par his parents, We're not building this home unless you guys come live with us. Oh. Yeah. So so they were like a, like the second pair of parents for me. My grandmother was amazing. Yeah. I actually had a dream about her the other day. It was pretty pretty eerie. Wow. I uh she was like a best friend. She was amazing. She, she died at 99 and a half years old. That's amazing. Yeah. So many stories like that genes. I'm hearing. Yeah. yeah. But but it's a it's a quick story. She was in it and and I saw her face mm -hmm. and I said, "Oh man, I really miss her. I really miss her because she yeah. was she was really a special person." And the premise of the dream was almost like, "Mike, you're only here for a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. While you're here, do something big." It was really strange. 
And then I, this and recently, just randomly, you had that dream? Wednesday night. Yeah. Did you write it down? I didn't write it down. No. Do should I? Do do you? Usually I keep write a little thing next to my bed because I very seldom have dreams, mm. and when I do, they're extremely heavy, mm. and they're they make me feel very emotional and heavy when I wake up. So I try to write it down because you know, instantaneously you forget so much of that dream and then you'll be driving and you'll be like oh wait a minute i remembered yeah. something or whatever it is i have a lot of dreams you do i yeah. don't have them really at least i they they say that you know they've tracked people's like uh, uh, wiring and active brain activity when they're sleeping they say you have them all the time right but i i never are you a deep sleeper no i'm a very light That's sleeper probably why i'm an extreme it's so annoying how light how much of a light sleeper doesn't I am. it trip you up <laughs> that you can you you're hallucinating i mean more times than not by dreaming mm -hmm. doesn't that trip you up? you're not on any hallucin but you're you're hallucinating you are hallucinating how you're seeing things and you're feeling things isn't you're that feeling you that like anxiety and that ten like when you tense up yeah. your body's tensing up yeah because your brain is telling you you're feeling tense, but you're completely asleep. I recently like found out about sleep paralysis. That's fucking scary. Mm. I know two of my close friends who went through it. And what exactly is it? So what happens is you are you are in a very deep sleep, and something wakes you up where you're like this. You kind of jolt, and then you're body's paralyzed because you cannot get up but your brain is awake mm. and you see things you also hallucinate during that as well it's like you know you're dreaming but you're sleeping but you're not sleeping and you can't control it you, you know how sometimes you're like oh i want to go back to sleep so i can see what happens yeah 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 like oh i want to see more that doesn't happen it's more of this like very it's like someone sitting on your chest and you can't get Oof, up. Man. It's very scary. That's interesting. And um, my friend told me that she opened her eyes and she knows that her husband's behind her because she, she was sleeping in a fetal position. Her husband's behind her. And she's trying to say, Ken, wake me up. Ken, wake me up. And she's saying it. You know, when you speak in your head, you can hear your voice, yeah. but you're not saying it. Yeah. So she can't. She had to convince herself to calm down and wake herself up because she was in this paralysis state. Mm. And sometimes you could see like a dark figure or like a shadow or mm. like perhaps even like ghostly things, depending on how much you believe in that stuff. But yeah. I mean, it is in our brain, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was yeah, very crazy, trippy. so trippy. I want to know more about it. I feel I like too. we've never even tapped into it, not even a little bit. Let me tell you, and I've had dreams, and I dream a lot, and I've had dreams mm -hmm. that come to fruition within like six to eight months. Really? I swear. About yourself or others? A situation. Really? Yeah, a situation. Really? The last week it happened to me. We were at a concert, Elton John concert. Okay. Yeah, and for some reason I dreamt that I was at Dodger Stadium, mm -hmm. but I was at this concert, but I didn't know what concert I was at. But mm -hmm. I remember just kind of looking up and like looking at the crowd, mm -hmm. and then boom, it was like a deja vu moment where I said, oh my God, I, I dreamt of this moment. And that's happened at least a couple handful of times. You know what that tells me? Mm -hmm. That tells me things are just meant to be. Right. To let go. Right. Just like they're going to happen. You stressing you out think? about it and you being anxious about it mm -hmm. does nothing. Mm -hmm. It just eats you up alive because you keep thinking about it. We're all good storytellers, aren't mm -hmm. we? We're always thinking about what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Our stories usually 
are bad. Mm-hmm. We're always thinking about something that's bad that's going to happen to yeah. us. Yeah. What never, if this happens? Always. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you have children. I don't. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you worry about them every single day. Every day. You worry about yourself every single mm-hmm. day. If I leave, what's going to happen to my kids? Mm-hmm. They're going to school. What's going to happen if they go to school and something happens? Right. Every single day. Every day. And they say 85% of the times that we think of things that we're worried about, that we're anxious about, they, they don't come true. Mm-hmm. So why? Why? Because I feel like we have this like overwhelming sense of burden and responsibility on our shoulders to be this, like for example, just in the instance of having a child, it's such an overwhelming feeling of like, I have to make sure this human is okay Mm -hmm. and is well fed, has clothes on her back, is safe, doesn't get shot at school, doesn't get involved with drugs, doesn't uh, get into the wrong crowd. It is my responsibility because that kid did not ask to be in this world. Mm -hmm. I brought him into Mm -hmm. this world Mm -hmm. and I have to be responsible for them. And that's such an annoying feeling because there have been times where there have been shootings and I'm totally for guns. I love guns. But, and I live in a beautiful neighborhood Mm -hmm. and my kids go to a safe school, but I've dropped them off and I've cried on Mm -hmm. my way to work because I'm like, what if something happens? Mm -hmm. They just walk in and fucking blast everybody. Mm -hmm. What am I gonna do? There's nothing I can do as an adult yeah, yeah. that I'm supposed to protect them. But things like, well, where is this relationship going to go? What about, what, am I going to get a, a promotion? Things like that I don't really worry too much about. Because, mm-hmm. like, I'm an adult. They're an adult. We have to work together to make things great for us. And if it doesn't, then we go our separate ways for a job or a relationship. Your biggest fear are your kids? The well-being of my, of my kids, So yeah. prior to you having kids? I was so fearless. Okay. In a way, I'm still very, very much a risk take, risk taker. But for example, I always wanted to go skydiving. I wanted to do bungee jumping. I loved going to Six Flags. I loved being on a motorcycle. I absolutely love that adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. But ever since I had my oldest, mm-hmm. after a few months, I had this daunting feeling like, what if I get into an accident and mm-hmm. I die? Mm-hmm. What's gonna happen to my baby? Who's gonna take care of her? I mean, I know my mom's there and my ex-husband is a great father, but you just have this like, what if something happens to me? What if something happens to me? And I I would rather just be safe and and not go on a motorcycle or fly uh, jump out of an air- airplane because I'm like, at least let me wait until they're a little bit older and I could still feed that does that bother Desire. you? Does that bother you? It bothers all? me that I'm not that same person anymore. Because you're holding back from living. Yes. You're holding back from doing the things you really, really want to do. Yes. Because if you're thinking about it, that means you want to do it. I do want to do it. Yeah. I do want to do it. How old are your kids? Nine and six. And your ex-husband, what do you, how do you guys do that? Is it? It's a, it's a 50-50 thing. Okay. Yeah. We, okay. He lives in Porter Ranch. We co-parent very well. Good. He's a very, very present father, which I want I always wanted that no matter what I just please be a present father especially for girls and for guys too I mean I joked about it I put it on my stories that you know when you have an absent father it it fucks fucks up anybody but like especially for girls I feel like as cliche as it sounds and I remember watching Chris Rock when I was like a little bit younger and they're like if the girl ends up in clear heels then she didn't get enough hugs when she was (laughs) you know what I mean like it's true though you know they have they're always searching for like a father type of figure and they end up choosing the wrong men and Mm. then that leads to abuse and that leads to poor choices and that leads to poor quality of life with your partner you don't need to get married but just make better choices of like who's in your life and 
I think having a father in your life makes you so much more grounded, confident. Like you're like, I got this. My sure. dad raised me this way. I know if I mess up, they're they're always gonna have my back. Like I have that relationship with them that I can talk to them about dating or sex or drugs or going to a rave or go, staying over at a friend's house yeah. or like ditching school. Honestly, just picking friends. Yeah. Just picking friends. I mean, uh, parents are mm-hmm. vital to mm-hmm. kids, to all mm-hmm. of us growing up. Parents. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a mother and a father. Like that's those are that's a big deal because you both play a part yes. in kids' lives. Oh yes. And I've said it hundreds of times. I'll say it again. I don't know if you've heard it, but we're lucky enough to have good family Mm -hmm. and that's luck that's pure luck Mm because you're born with you don't have a choice you don't have a choice exactly so your friends you get to pick so your friends the the ones that you pick are extremely vital right Right, those friends you have to pick and they got to be right but how do you pick them is because of how you were grown Mm -hmm. right what your foundation was like what your Mm -hmm. parents were like so they're able to teach you what kind of right. friends to pick? Yes, so, right. So but that's they have vital. to be present in your life yeah. and have those conversations 100%. with you and go camping with you sure. or shopping with you, whatever it may be. Your ex-husband, Caucasian, mm-hmm. and how was that with your parents when 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 you guys started to date and eventually get married? It was well, we didn't rush into it, even though we were extremely in love. And it's we were that, like, it, and I'm sorry to say it, yeah. but it's it's an Armenian thing, right? Yeah. Like the Armenian, it sucks to say, but the the Armenian way is. You got to marry an Armenian. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so this is a little bit different. So. Yes. It was different. And it was very unusual for them because my parents migrated here and they didn't even think that that would be an option because they're like, we're, they're like, we're coming to L.A. There are so many Armenians. She's mm. going to have a choice mm. of like guys at school or, or like college and, you know, making friends and meeting a nice Armenian boy and making a nice Armenian family and everything like that. But like, like Annie, you know, like we talked about this now and even before now, the minute that we solidified our relationship and, and I said, look, and I told my dad and my dad's way more grounded and like logical and less emotional than my mother. He's like, it's going to be extremely difficult for you guys to sustain this marriage. You're not even going to start from zero. You're going to start from a negative mm. because as much as you love each other, there is going to be a cultural difference and the way you've brought up and your lifestyles. So he foresaw mm. kind of possibly where we would have ended up, even though we had a pretty good run. And, How long was the run? Uh, with dating, 10 years, married for seven. Okay. And was the relationship, or sorry, was the marriage good right off the bat? Yes. Right off the bat? Yes. And and you had your first, you have two daughters? Mm-hmm. You had your first daughter pretty quick, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, about a year and a half later. Okay. Yeah. And did it get better? It was very good for the first few years, and then after about four it started to have a decline Mm. why do you think that was because um our differences were really uh surfacing more i was becoming more of um the person that i wanted to be um he was trying to find himself as well financially and with his with his job i we always had issues with finances i was always a spender he wasn't I, he had a stable job or career. I didn't. Mm. I dropped out of college. Then I went to beauty school. Then I didn't know what I wanted to do with my career. Then I did go back to school. Then, you know, I got a job at, at the courthouse, which I really loved. But then I didn't want to continue it because I was like, I don't, this isn't enough for me. I want to do this. And then it was just like taking these little s- steps back and forth and sideways and whatever on a chessboard. And you're like, are you coming or are you mm. going this way? 
And, I'm, and I was like, I want to do this. And he's like, well, I don't really want you to do that. And I'm like, well, I'm not really happy with that. And then after a while, you know, I took responsibility for not communicating things that I wanted and kind of shutting down slowly. And it was a slow and steady process, you know. Event, no one that just wakes up and they're like, all right, I'm out, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. It's just that some people don't talk about the, these things that are bothering them even to their friends and family yeah. and then it starts to fester and like kind of boil over 100% wears on you and it wears on you yeah. and you know I made mistakes he asked me a while back because he's from the Midwest he's like how about we leave LA let's go to Arizona let's go to Texas let's go somewhere where it's like cheaper mm -hmm. to live and like I had to deal with the fact and make peace with the fact that maybe if I had said yes things would have been different mm -hmm. maybe better maybe worse mm -hmm. You know, we weren't seeing eye to eye on a lot of things because I was so protected and in this bubble of like being near my family and growing up with a silver spoon and like sure. being very sheltered and protected. And like, I didn't know how to like balance my checkbook and like budget my money. I was a good, a good wife. I'm a good daughter. I'm a good mom. I'm a good friend. But I just, I was like very domesticated. And he was just trying to hold everything together for mm. the both of us. Did you have the second, your second daughter when you guys were kind of, when you had some friction? We didn't have that much friction and we weren't trying to have a baby to save the marriage by any means. We wanted to have a second one. Mm -hmm. And ironically, the first one wasn't planned and the second one wasn't. It was. And then so the first one was really easy and the second one was really hard. Mm. And then so I quickly realized that um, after having my second, I was like, I don't, I don't really like doing this mm. as much as I thought I would. The marriage part. The, like the, the children the, part. Oh, the children part. Yeah. Wow. Really? Yeah. And I know that's really heavy. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you do now? I really loved doing it with my first one and everything was so easy. I was like, mm. this is a piece of cake. Like mm. she's such a good kid. And I did everything. I made food, I breastfed, like I went on hikes with her. I lost the baby weight. I mm -hmm. like got my shit together. I was a good homemaker. I was cooking dinners and making cakes and feeding the baby and putting him to sleep. Like I was doing everything and he was helping me very much. Mm. But also the child was very easy to Race. Rear, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I was like, okay, well, you know, en enough time has gone by. She needs a sibling. We want to have another one, and so we made the decision. And we were living with my parents at the time, so we just moved in with my parents, and that was a decision we both made. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, if you're going to make a change in your career, this is the time to do it because we can live with my parents. They can help us out. We can raise our daughter, the one we have, plus maybe have another one. They'll help us out, and they did. But he went into a, a, a career which was like strictly commission-based, mm. and it was a really big gamble for us to do that. And so we got pregnant, and I was glowing. I was happy. Like I was just like, let me have this baby. Let her be like... Thinking it's going to be as easy as the first one. Correct, mm -hmm. yeah. And my older one was elated. She was a wonderful big sister, still is. I had so much help. Um, and I was living in my parents' home. Mm. So I was like, it was my turf, you know. It wasn't like I was going over to my in-law's house. Decision uh, being with your parents financially? Yes. Financial decision. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You okay. guys are just trying to make, make things work. We're still trying to make things work. Okay. How thinking... old were you at the time? At that time, I was 29. Okay. I had Zoe by the time I was 30. Okay. Yeah. And he, about the same age? Same age. Okay. We're the exact same age. Okay. 
And mind you, he has no help or, you know, financial or emotional support from his parents. His parents are very divorced, kind of all over the place. Dad's in the Midwest. So he was always been like, I'm independent. I'm by myself. No one's going to help me out kind of thing. And that was one of the things I, you know, really loved about him because he was so mature and like well-adjusted in that department. And so we moved in and I'm pregnant and we have the baby. We come home from the hospital. I'm doing everything I can. He's doing everything he can. We're in a three-bedroom house. My parents are in one room. Me and him and the baby are in one room. And then the, the other room is for my daughter. And so things are still okay. You know, we go to the grocery store, make dinner. Um, we're still kind of cohabitating with my parents. My brother and his wife are coming and going. Lots of people are coming and going. It's a very, like, lively, festive Chorovat barbecue every weekend kind of situation at my my parents' house. And there's so much love. But I was, at that time, I stayed home with the baby for six months. And then I decided to take a job at the court. Doing what at the court? Uh, A records assistant for the criminal court, actually. It was really fun. But then I, even though I was not suicidal, I was not harming anyone. I was not violent. I was not manic, I was not screaming, I was not doing anything, I was just kind of robotically like living. I fell into a very deep depression after my second baby. Mm. And I didn't realize how severe it was because I was like, oh, it's okay, I just have lack of sleep, you know, like I'm, I'm a new mom again, like I have, I'm overwhelmed. It's okay, it's gonna pass because the first one was like a breeze. Mm. No pro- problems in that department whatsoever. So I was like, it'll be the same with this one. But then after I went to my doctor and, you know, had all the plumbing checked and things like that, of course, they give you like a wellness check as well Mm -hmm. mentally. Mm -hmm. And they're like, how are you feeling? You know, how are you and the baby? Do you like spending time with her? Blah, blah, blah. They're like asking me all these questions. And they're asking me questions that I'm answering. And when I was saying those answers out loud to the doctor, I was like, well, girl, (laughs) this sounds like depression. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm. I was like, what? So because I thought... You know, you had this, I had this idea of like this depressing, depressed mom, you know, drowning her kids or like, I don't know, leaving them and like abandoning them. And I didn't want to do any of those things, but I didn't want to be around Mm. anybody. Mm. I wanted to take a shower. I wanted someone to take the baby while I took a shower and I wanted to go to bed and I wanted to sleep and Mm. I didn't want to hear crying. I didn't want to hear the TV. I didn't want anybody asking me to make coffee. I didn't want to make dinner. I didn't want to go to the grocery store. I didn't want to do anything. Are you working at the time or are you on maternity leave? I was working at the time. Okay. At the court. And it's hard for you to get up in the morning and go to work and actually put in work? My work was an escape for me. I was going to say it's more therapeutic at that point. I would go to work. I would immediately go to the gym and work out and lose all that weight and I would use the gym and work as a vessel of like relieving my stress, escaping from home, not having... But that still made you feel down and depressed? Mm Mm-hmm. Really? Because you were thinking about coming home and maybe seeing your husband or the situation of your kids? Everybody. My parents, my husband, my kids, them them pulling me in different directions. Come do this. I want this. Mommy, I'm hungry. I need a bath. What about my toys? Can we go to the store? Mm -hmm. Like that, I was dreading all of that. And yes, uh, going to the gym gives you a scent, like a mm-hmm. rush of dopamine, like puts you in a good mood. I, it was a great stress reliever for me. I loved it. But I was like, oh, fuck, I got to go home now. Mm. And I was like, and I would sit in my driveway and I'm like, I don't want to mm. get out of the car. I don't want to go inside. 
I don't want to talk to anybody. I want everybody. And you can't do that. You go to your room. What's wrong? Can I bring you something? Mm. Are you sick? What's the matter? The baby's crying. And I choose. Do you think if you're on your own with your husband and two kids, it would have been easier or better? So that's where eventually it went. Mm. I said, we need to get out of here. And I was, I, it wasn't an ultimatum. And it wasn't me like, oh, I'm great. You're the problem. We need to leave. You need to have enough money for us to get out of here. He saw that I was like, you know, Decline. declining. And, he, and he's like, well, we can't afford to leave. And I don't know how you're going to handle it. And, you know, you're so disconnected from me. And um, mm. physically there was nothing mm. for a while. Mm. Um, the, the desire wasn't even there. And I'm very inclined to do that on a regular situation. It was very, very disconnected. And I felt terrible for him because he was so isolated um, being in my home where I grew up, in my parents' home, around them, having feeling like he had to go sleep on the couch. And I mean, for sure. See, yeah, it's a tough situation. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't, I don't want to piss, piss him off. But at the same time, if you want to get out of a situation... If, and if the end goal is to stay with your family mm-hmm. and, and to take care of your kids. But if you want to get in a situation about, you know, with leaving the parents' home, man, you got to work. Mm-hmm. You got to put the work in, mm-hmm. right? And you got to have the drive and mm-hmm. you got to just figure it out because that's what you want yeah. to do. If it's two or three jobs, if it's seven days a week, if it's 14-hour days. Yeah. And he, he had the drive to do his his work and the the amount of like cold calls he had to make and the amount of doors he had to knock on to be a life insurance salesperson. Mm, mm. And I know that it's not stable and mm. it's like 10 grand one month and zero the next, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. He saw how much I was pulling away and after, after a couple of months of having that conversation, it took very little time. I was like, look, you know, if you wanna go drive Uber, you can. And I lost my job as well at the court. That was another thing. So I mm. have spent the last four years post-divorce really scolding myself a lot for the things that I didn't do or did or didn't say or said. Because I was either very excited about having a baby or starting a new career or I was completely in a shithole. There was no in-between. Because you were probably holding back and you didn't want to communicate? Yes. Yeah, see, that's, that's, and that's a cultural thing. That. It's a cultural thing. Yeah. In the same way. Really? Of course. Most of us are. And, and it, but you know that if you sp- speak about it, you could maybe resolve the issue. Yes, but see, it's, it's a past thing. Mm. Because in the past when I would speak up, it would <clears throat> right in the face. Mm. But nowadays I'm learning that you got to let go of the past. And if there's something on your mind, you, you got to talk about it. Like you, ha- you have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You have to talk yeah. about it. Like it's, it's a very important thing because that'll eat us up. Inside. It does. It'll, it does. it'll destroy you, right? And you, and you found out about that. Yeah. So. And now, like I haven't had a, you know, stable or consistent—not even stable, like oh, it's good or bad stable, just like consistent relationship for me to even utilize and put to put into effect all the things that I've learned mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm like, I want to do this different. I want to speak up more about this. I want to be honest about that, blah, blah, blah. And I have to some degree about like, if I certain young man finds me interesting enough to 
maybe pursue, I'm like, look, we gotta get blah, 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 yeah. blah, things out of the way. For sure. Yeah, let's talk sure. about it. Mm -hmm. I know it's uncomfortable, but let's talk mm -hmm. about it. You're gonna feel a lot better once we're done. Mm -hmm. We're either gonna be on the same page or we're gonna be like, bye. And, and that's the best way of doing it. <laughs> yeah. It's the best way of doing it. And that's yeah. what happens when you get a little bit older, you get more mature, you wiser. grow, you, yeah. Yeah, you get wiser, you then tend to figure things out. Yeah, that's and you're cool so life. much more prepared and like okay with having those yeah. conversations. Yeah. The ones that make you cringe. Well, you don't want to fall for somebody and right. then find out later right. that, wait or a second. Or him thinking that I'm going to give him something that sure. I can't. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like having kids is a deal breaker for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do it. When did you lose your job? In 18? Mm-hmm. And why? Why did they let you go? Um, I was under probation and... Um, like a 90 day? N no, a year. A year probation? A year. I was with the court a year. I was two, sh two weeks shy of my one year anniversary and they let me go. Wow. And mm -hmm. why do you think? Um, I think there was some bureaucracy going on. Um, there were... There was a judicial ass assistant that did have a problem with me because I was very good friends with the judge that she was working for. Mind you, it was a woman. If it was a man, I would have been like, yeah. they would have been like, oh my God, yeah, you know, why is she friends with this guy? Blah, blah. But it was a female judge. Mm. Nothing weird or salacious about it. There were times where I was at work and I was excited to be there and there were times where I was completely like this, just zoning out. Because of what was at home? Yeah. 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 And that's the worst. Yeah. When you're working and you have distractions, mm -hmm. Or you just can't focus <laughs> on it. Worst. And I know we all dick around at work sometimes, you know, but there were times where I was just like sitting there and I was just, they're like, Christine, hello. Yeah. And I just wasn't there. I'm like, I was like that at home. Until we filed for divorce and we went our separate ways, I worked on myself every day, getting myself out of that, uh, spending quality time with my kids that I wanted to put in. Mm. I did. I, I felt like a weight was lifted off of me. I told my parents to give me space. Eventually I moved here, got this all going for me. I'm very happy now. I've got my dogs. I have a routine that doesn't involve having in-laws or my parents or mm -hmm. invasive for sure. things in so our important. culture. Yeah, for sure. And you know, we've made peace. He moved on, he remarried, he's expecting a child. Wow. So a How lot's happened in four years. How does that feel for you? It feels okay because I'm truly happy for him Good. and there was no jealousy. There was no jealousy. In fact, I was the one who who pulled the plug like finally like and said this is it. And it didn't take long. There was no yo-yoing coming back and forth. I oh, I want to be with you. Let's mm. make it work. No, no, no. We went to therapy for a little while. That was a shit show. Mm. What oh was the shit show about it? It just, he just wasn't receptive about it. Mm. I like therapy. I would love to continue to go to therapy for myself. I, I did see a therapist on my own. I hiked, I, I worked out, I used physical activity, boxing, whatever, to put Release. me in a better yeah. mental state. Mm. And I'm great. Mm. But we, we at least did the, oh, let's go to couples therapy so that we could check that off our list sure. and be like, we tried this too, it didn't work, okay, bye. Yeah. But no, we, we're okay. Um, we don't have any animosity, we don't fight, we didn't have any assets to divide, we had no money. We were broke as a joke. And he went his way, I went mine, and very quickly he uh, dated and eventually found the woman he's with now, he's, who is Armenian again. Kidding. Yeah. This guy's got something for uh, yeah. the Armenians, huh? <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> we take care of our men, you know, when it comes to the, the kitchen and all that and the housekeeping and all that mm. stuff. But, I mean, 
okay, I'm, I have my faults. I made my mistakes. I said some pretty terrible things. To him? To him. Mm. And um, I became so cold. And I'm, I mean, I, I'm very much a raw nerve. I'm, I'm a very emotional, passionate that's, that's, person. That's, that's why I'm confused that your communication skills lack. Yeah. That you hold that stuff back because yeah. you're a very raw person. Yeah. I'm surprised by that. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I've always been, like you said, a very raw person and very honest and, and just so, like, I don't care. I'm going to say whatever I'm going to say. But it was something about the confrontation of breaking off something that you had with someone for a very long time, knowing that you're going to be the bearer of bad news. Mm -hmm. You're going to say to him, I'm done. I don't want this. I'm sorry. I can't. And the whole, oh, let's try to make it work. What did I do? How can we fix this? Let's talk about it. And like my mind was made up kind of thing. It was unfair to him to go through all these scenarios and thoughts in my head without even him knowing that those thoughts are happening. And then I just shut off the light and went by, mm -hmm. you know, and leave him in this dark room. It's it tough. was really heavy on both of us. The hours. stuff that you uh, told him you said it was kind of rough, like the, the stuff that you mentioned him. Was it more about him not being able to bring the, the bread home, some money home? The I told him where his faults were. I told him that I wish things were different on my end as well. I told him the things that I wish I had done differently. Okay. I don't talk about this, but I um, there was a time where at the tail end of that relationship coming to an end before we even signed the paperwork, before we even went to a mediator. Um, I was seeing someone mm. who was an old friend of mine from high school, mm. which was kind of ex accelerating the, the divorce process in the sense of like, I was already so down and low that it was a comfort thing mm. for me to go and talk to someone I've known for my whole life. Mm. And then that comfort turned into mm. yeah. something else. Yeah. I had to confess to that as yeah. well. Yeah. How did he feel about that? What did he say? Didn't like it. No. Yeah. How did that relationship work with your high school friend afterwards? We still keep in touch. He, <laughs> funny enough, he was expecting his first child and his baby mama was pregnant mm. at the time. Mm. So he was dealing with that and I was dealing with this. Mm. And we were like venting to each other and trusting each other because we've known each other since high school. And mm. because I had that trust, it was so easy to be in the arms of someone like that. Well, you guys kind of used each other with your own situations. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, complicated. Yeah, complicated. life is very complicated and yeah. I don't sugarcoat things and I don't say like, well, I was, you know, a saint and, and I was such a good homemaker and I was being a really good wife. I was being a really good wife and he was trying to be a really good husband for a good portion of our marriage. But towards the end, you get so cold and distant from each other and, you know, the physical part's not there and you're mentally checking out and you're not even telling him you're mentally checking out and yeah. it's unfair to him. But I was kind of just falling back into things that were something that was an escape for me, something that was comforting for me, something that was giving me a sense of breathing new life into me, whether it was, you know, working out or, you know, um, 
I started the show, yeah. I started modeling. All, everything happened in 2018. My life was like this. Mm. But every good thing with the bad happened in 2018. What'd your parents think when you guys got a divorce? We finalized that decision while my parents were in Armenia mm -hmm. and we were living in their house because mm -hmm. we were having these conversations that we couldn't otherwise have if mm -hmm. they were home. Mm -hmm. And we would never fight and like throw things at each other. It was such a somber like discussion mm -hmm. and it was it was tearful and it was heartbreaking and it was not yelling. It was like very, very sad. It wasn't like, oh, you fucking asshole, get out of my, no. And the kids were around when you guys were having those discussions? We, they were not around. Yeah. We would have someone come take care of them if they were home, or we would have these discussions on the phone while they were at school, or in, at home while they were at school, or we would go on a drive. I remember the last conversation we had, we were on a drive and that was it. That was the, the last conversation. And I said, you need to pack your shit up and, and leave by the time mom and dad come back because I didn't want to deal with the packing and the putting the stuff in the trunk of the car and the crying and the mommy and dad, where's daddy going? And mm. oh, it broke me so much to have that happening. Yeah. And I didn't want to have it in front of my parents and I, and I felt so ashamed. What's important is fast forward four years, you mentioned that he's now remarried with a kid mm -hmm. and you had a smile on your face. Yeah. Honestly, that's big. Yeah. Because the the past is something that we just have to let go. Yeah. Like the things that bother us, we just have to let them go. We do. So that's that's big. Yeah. That's big on you. My kids are excited to have a, mm. a brother. There are four kids all together now, so there will be a baby. They're my two girls, which I share with my ex-husband, and then his wife has okay. a daughter. So like they have a nice blended family. Do you know the girl, the new girl? The Armenian, the, the wife? Armenian wife? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've... No, like prior? No, 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 no. She wasn't my, in my circle okay. or anything like okay. that. No, no, no. I think she, he met her through like a work event or something sure like that. Sure, she's not a cousin or... <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Usually they are. Usually we'll find a way and be like, you're... So-and-so's fifth cousin? Yeah. yeah, there's probably somebody who knows her that knows me and... Not just knows, but like has some sort of friendship yeah. or relationship to the yeah. family. yeah. But yeah, we're okay. So how'd you work on yourself? And how long did it take you to work on yourself? So 2018 was a whirlwind for it you. It was a whirlwind. How did you get back on track in 18 or 19? So 18 February of 2018, I left the court. May, I started the show, like officially started. By March, I already knew I wanted to start the show. May, I officially like plugged it and it, we started. How was your depression after you guys? Um, I didn't take medication. Okay. None. I refuse to. Both of my closest friends, one of them is Edith Alaverjan that I've posted many times, and the other one, her name is Diana Boyajan, and she's a substance and um, suicide um, psychologist, mm -hmm. substance abuse and drug abuse um, psychologist. And she went to USC, and all my other girlfriends who are extremely bright psychologists were like, Chris, this is what you need to do. Don't take, I don't smoke weed, I don't yeah. do drugs, I don't take any pharmaceutical stuff. What I did was I worked on myself, a lot of reflecting, a lot of talking to a psychologist, going on hikes, working out, spending t quality time that I wanted to spend with my kids, that, I, that made me feel that I was a really valuable parent to them, that I felt like I was doing something really good for them. Not just to like make me feel better, like, oh, I did something, I got a little notch on the board of like, good mommy. Things that would make me proud. When I started the show and 
um, you know, I have a few publications over there, but doing things that made me feel like my life was validate, mm -hmm. validated mm -hmm. completely pulled me out of that, that dark place. Because you're doing things for your kids. For my kids, for myself. For yourself. Not for a spouse, not for my parents. Yeah. I wanted to have something that gave my life a lot more meaning than just having kids. For me, that was nothing. I was like, anybody can have a kid. And they can. And sure. they do. And they don't take care of the kids. But I was like, so what? I'm a mom. So what? I didn't even finish my uh, bachelor's degree until 2020. Mm -hmm. I went back to school. Mm -hmm. I finished that. That was something that I was like, go. I have to that's, finish. That's that's therapeutic. Yeah, it is. That's a big deal. I hated it. feel good. Yeah. But I did it because I wanted to finish it because I had all these units from like Valley College, Glendale, CSUN, blah, blah, yeah. blah. My ex-husband and I met each other at Valley College. I was there from CSUN. He was there from UCLA. Yep. And I just, everything was so like left kind of like half-assed. And I wanted something that was more concrete, something with substance. You like, wanted complete tasks. Yes, right? yes. Yeah, yes. you had like a bunch of incompletes. Yes, I had a bunch of incomplete things. I figured out how to just be a fucking adult, like yeah. take care of your bills, sure. Feels good. like take yeah. care of your car, your kids, you know, budget your money. That was big for me. And yeah. that was like the things that I, those were all the things that I had to come to terms with the, with the fact that those were part of, me growing, me growing out of my marriage, and the fact that my marriage didn't succeed. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, taking responsibility for those things that I didn't do. Mm -hmm. Did you have any doubts going into your marriage? No. I was so gung-ho. Zero doubts. Zero doubts. Did he? Do you know if he did? Not from our conversations, because we were so in love. Um, we, it was like that forbidden fruit thing. So you're going to be married for 100 years. Yeah, we were so You're going to have a white so picket fence. You're going to have a bunch sure. of kids. Yeah, and we were like, we're gonna have four kids, sure. like everything's gonna be great. Yeah. Um, you know, we're so in love that we can conquer anything. I think that perception of like those looking at a marriage through rose colored glasses, you know, I think really people really need to reevaluate that and, and live with each other. I, my parents didn't allow me to live with him yep. prior to getting yep. married. Vacation? Do you guys vacation together at least? We went a couple of places, you yeah. know. Well, we went to the Midwest. Weekends, we yeah. went to like Cancun one time. Mm -hmm. And so I would have liked to live with the next person that if sure. I have something with. And yeah. I should be able to because I'm a grown-ass woman and yeah. he's a grown-ass man. Yeah, 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 yeah. We should be able to live together. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Man. That was a lot. That was awesome. Yeah? That's okay, awesome. good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, um, it's, I love. It's deep. It's I, heavy. I, I don't think you've ever mentioned any of that before, right? No. Ever, ever. Like, the, the Not people publicly. who follow you on, on social media, they don't no. really know that side they of it. They didn't you. even know I was getting a divorce when I was going through it. And I wasn't, I wasn't anywhere near, you know, the amount of, like, reach I had. And, you know, my old account got deleted and things like that. But even then, like. One day I just, you know, signed the paperwork and I, there was no like, hey, divorce party or hey, guys, I'm going to yeah. take the take his last name off of my Facebook account. You know, there was nothing like that. Of course. It yeah. was very, very, very hush hush. Yeah. 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 I had no idea you were married. I had no idea you then got divorced. I had no idea you had kids. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of people who didn't know that about you. Yeah. So it's it's cool. Yeah. Authentic. And I love showing yeah. my kids on my social media and I love showing how much I love to cook or the, the jokes that make me laugh or the or the poems that make me cry or the people that I admire and love and I cherish. But I don't like to show anybody who's so fragile in my life 
on social media, like on a post where they could go back and look at like, you know, is, does she have a boyfriend posted on here? Mm. Or her my kids' photos or things. That's why I put it on my stories. It kind of goes away. Yeah. People who know me know I have two kids. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm not. I'm not. Social media isn't that for me. Yeah. Like I'm not there for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I shouldn't. You shouldn't have to go searching for that in my social media. Yeah. Be there because you like the content I put or you know the things I share that make me happy. I share them because they make me happy. Yeah. Because they give me education. Because I'm. I'm wiser and smarter and, and happier because of the things that I'm reading and I'm sharing it on my... Social media can be a... It's a monster. We all it know. It could be, yeah. And it could be such a positive tool to so many people. Yes. But most of the time it's being used as a negative, negative. tool. Negative. Yeah. Very. I and, mean, you go through somebody's uh, Like comments. nasty. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's Very comments. Nasty. If you're disagreeing with something or yeah. somebody and... It's all just negative hate and right. a lot of grossness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's really and I never, I never comment on something that I like. I'll, I'll share things and then be like, oh, I can't believe this. I don't, I don't agree with it, you know, or whatever. Or look, look at what this person's doing, or look at what this politician said, or whatever. And I think, you know, I'll make fun of both ends. I've made fun of Trump and Biden, but like. I would never like go on someone's page and be like, why are you using that filter? Why do you have big boobs? Why yeah. did you get ass implants? Why do you, I hate that amount of like, just yeah. mean, vicious things people are saying Because you're not saying, saying it in person. Right. You're saying that person in line at a, at a Starbucks? Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna tell, tell them that? Yeah. You're not, because you don't have the balls to say it. You don't have the balls to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about politics. Do you believe in the election process at all? No, I'm with I don't. You. I heard the term a couple of years ago that you were selected, not elected. Yes. Right. Yes. And I was like, no, oh, man, this is the United States of America. This, this is the no. right thing. You know, the process is proper, and we're doing the right thing. Mm -mm. I don't trust it at all. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah, it it's is. pretty pathetic, actually. I think people like, and even like mayors and stuff. Sometimes they're elected and not. Uh, they're selected. selected, not elected, yeah. um, which is fine. But like, you know, maybe city councilmen or, you know, people on a school board or things like that. Maybe we can pick them. They'll make some significant difference yeah. in our day to day. Yeah. But like I, oh, I voted for Obama because I had the right to vote at the time and I was of age and I wanted to go vote and I wanted to vote for that guy. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I never voted again. Mm -hmm. I Why? never voted because I didn't trust it. And no. I didn't even believe in them enough to even vote for them. You didn't trust the election process or the politicians or Both. all of the above. Yeah. Yeah. No one, no one ever made me like, oh man, I want that guy to win. Yeah. Nobody. Clinton was great. It was good times back in the 90s. Yeah. I, everybody was happy at the time. I didn't even care about those, any kind of scandal like that. But after that, after Obama, I just never voted yeah, again. Yeah, there's a monster divide in our country. Oh monster my God, divide. horrible. And in my opinion, when you have a label on somebody, so a Republican, an independent, a Democrat, right. like he's conservative, he's, there's, there, there is but no that's chance all we have. for unity. Though. Yeah, there's but that's no all we have. no chance for unity because you're going to vote for the party, not the person. Exactly. More times than not, right, exactly. if you're on one side. And that, that creates divide. Yeah. That creates yeah, divide. Exactly. So. I don't think we're ever going to be as unified and and accepting and just and just that sweetness that I want to see in people since nine since nine eleven. Man, the nineties were good years. They were good years. Nineties <laughs> were, were the awesome best. out here. They were the best. How much fun LA was? California yeah. was. Armenians were thriving yeah. in the mid nineties. I mean, we were just like gangsters, holding it down. Time. 
buying property, taking care of our kids, jewelers, bakers, mm. them, you know, uh, mechanics, yeah. right? We were just yeah. hustling. And yeah. I love that about our, our people and yeah. at that time because that, those are the best years of my life. I'm so nostalgic Same. when it comes to that. I know. You can't compare the 90s to 2022. And yeah. I think the world has changed like dramatically, mm -hmm. like dramatically. Mm -hmm. I think social media has a lot to do with it. Reality yeah. shows, music, music mm -hmm. is just crap. Uh, the lyrics in some of these songs are just like, is mind blowing mm -hmm. how they're able to mm -hmm. produce some of this stuff. But mental health and eating, you know, the, the health part of your mental right. health right. is more important than ever. Yeah. Because everybody claims they want to be happy in life. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, you want to be at peace with yourself. And how to be at peace with yourself starts with, in my opinion, is eating right. and like being around the right people. Mm -hmm. And because um, food is medicine. Yes, and it is. hiking, Whatever you working out. Your... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they've made everything about food. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, vegan this, mm -hmm. beyond meat that, and clean eating, and uh, vegetarian or whatever. And But it's so not that it's that is like a little like a little piggyback of like what a little nugget a, yeah. yeah a little yeah. nugget of what they're trying to tell you but yeah. like this i need women to just and men too and men have body dysmorphia men are hard on themselves maybe the guy at the gym who has bigger biceps than you it's like really pissing you off and making you feel insecure i just wish that people would stop worrying so much about like waist size boob size how broad your shoulders are how big your biceps are or your legs or whatever it is like yeah i mean like look fit look good feel good but just stop comparing yourself the competition should always be about yourself yes like, you so with yourself you want to be better tomorrow than you were right, today right and in my opinion nowadays mm -hmm. you have to work on yourself every single, single day because mm -hmm. there's a lot of bad stuff out there yes and you can get wrapped up in it really yes. really quick yes and even though you're a very um level-headed adult yeah you know you can get mixed up in certain things or try try something or do something that is gonna really um make your life spiral yeah i, I think no doubt. you know i i don't i don't understand and i'm forgive me for being naive but I don't understand how people are just so okay with just doing coke every day. Oh, <laughs> it just blows my mind. Isn't that crazy? How do you do that, like, that recreationally? Like smoking a blunt every once yeah. in a while because you had a rough uh, week. Maybe you want to take the edge off. You're at home. You're kicking back. You don't have any responsibilities that evening. You don't have to drive. You don't have to do anything for your kids or take care of your sick mom or whatever. Maybe, yeah, that's fine. And I don't judge you for that because you're an adult and you made that decision to do that in your life. But just like, you know, popping mollies and like doing drugs and just going to the bathroom just regularly on a Tuesday when you're at a restaurant and doing a line. <laughs> you know, it's like, pretty wild. It, it's very scary it's for pretty me. Wild. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. I had somebody on talking about fentanyl. Mm -hmm. Did you listen to that episode? Were you able to listen to it yet? No, the one I messaged you about? I yeah. haven't gotten a chance to, but I have to. Yeah. So my whole thing was, yeah, sure. Let's find out what, let's find out what pill is laced. Let's find out. They have a certain amount of products that you can dip and find out if it's laced. Right. Um, you can s stick something up your nose as a, as a nasal spray if mm -hmm. you are, if you did get laced with fentanyl. Okay. But like to, to. Save your save. life. Save, yeah. yeah. Save your life, yeah. Okay, okay. Cool, cool product. Okay. But 
how about we try to get rid of get it. them off like the yeah. cocaine yes. and get them off the drugs. Yes, not help them uh, not OD. Right. Right. It's, yeah. It's wild to me. And I asked her that question, and yeah. she and she just essentially just said, "We don't judge people. You know, we don't judge people in what they do. We just let them allow them to live their life. At least yeah, we have this product." But yeah, I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. It's, I've never done drugs in my life. Yes. I've never smoked dope in my life. Yeah. I barely drink alcohol. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's it's something that I don't need. And when I was growing up as a kid, sometimes in high school, guys were smoking dope, and I never saw real drugs mm-hmm. growing up until I was later in life. But guys at parties would be like, "Oh, Mike's coming. Put put it away." Okay. <laughs> like to that level. And back then, I didn't really. I was like, "Oh, that's good. You know, that's that's respectful. They're right. doing that. They know I don't like it. I don't like the smell. I don't like doing it. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't." I tell them all the time, "You guys shouldn't be doing this stuff." Mm-hmm. But looking back at that. That's, that's pretty powerful. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, that's pretty cool. To, yeah. To, and I felt like I was helping them get off of the stuff, not, yeah. not be like, hey, dude, only smoke one a week. Yes, you yes, know, don't. yes. <laughs> yes. Like, I've been at parties where it's on the table or, like, I know they're doing it in the bathroom mm. and lots of people around me do smoke marijuana like it's a cigarette. Yeah. I smoke cigarettes. I like to drink. I don't mind, but I like having control over my my yeah. brain, how I'm talking to people, the, the amount of control I have on my body and my um, my reflexes. I, I don't know how people just drink and or, get or, pissed drunk. Or when they're the next day, they're like, oh, I blacked out. Yeah. I, no, that really happened to me? It's like, yeah. dude, you lost control of your body. Exactly. You're a female. Yes. You're in college. Yes. You know what people can do to, do you, to you and take advantage of you? Exactly. Like, what? Like, wake up, man. Yes, Grow up. Exactly. And plus, when they're on that stuff and you're sober, they're not fun to be around. They're not. <laughs> they're, they're really not. annoying. And it's very scary. Yeah. It could really obnoxious. take a dive. Yeah. Yeah. It could be obnoxious, of course. Yeah. And they're all sloppy and all yeah. over the place. And it's really kind of gross. It is. And I don't find anyone attractive who can't control themselves when it comes to gambling or drinking or doing drugs or whatever it is, like, or even eating. Yeah. I love food, but can you control yourself? Right. Right. Or sex, can you yeah. control yourself? Mm. Yeah. Can you keep your hands to yourself? You can be all of those things, even in a relationship, you know, like you can be very turned on by somebody or very attracted to somebody, but like have a level of uh, self-control and respect for yourself and me yeah. by keeping your, yourself in your bubble mm-hmm. until it's okay for you to be closer to that other person. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I try to like have maybe one glass of wine if I'm out somewhere. Yeah. If I'm with my girlfriend, sure, I'll have a few cocktails. You're we'll taking the edge off. You're yeah. taking the edge off. You're but I'm always a... together. I don't drive myself anywhere if yeah. I know I'm going to drink. I'm going to be somewhere safe when, where I know I'm okay. I have my pepper spray. I'm with my girlfriends that I trust. I never go out with a man unless I it's a public bright place during the day I'll go have coffee with sure. you make sure you're not a psychopath sure. and even when I go somewhere with you at night and it's kind of a little unfamiliar yeah. maybe a new restaurant I'll send my location to my girlfriend mm. or my cousin mm-hmm. and I'm t- and I'm going to tell her I'm here mm-hmm. I've never once put myself in a dangerous situation How are you finding guys nowadays are you on apps I am trying gyunk but it is really bad what do you no find offense on there? to the young people. There are there there's always going to be a f- very few diamonds in the rough, like a needle in a haystack situation. And I also believe that one one woman's trash is another woman's treasure. I get it. Not every guy is going to be like the type of guy that I want. But they don't do a very good job at their at their vetting process. Mm. I don't want to see pictures of Denzel Washington and Al Pacino. I know you're not that guy. <laughs> but they put those pictures on there. Like it's them. Like it, as if it's like, them. 
as their profile picture. It's like Scarface with the you know the cocaine uh-huh. that that stupid ass picture or some picture of like Robert De Niro from Godfather when he looked his best. Please don't let these guys put celebrity pictures of them uh, of themselves yeah, on yeah. their profile. Please vet them. Make sure they don't they're not married. Make sure they have a legit job. Maybe like. Put pictures of you working somewhere, like every guy's businessman. Now, B I Z Z M A N, N E S M A N. Now, do, is that a Tinder-like app? Are you swiping? Or? We're swiping. Okay. It's supposed to be like really good. I'm sure there are people who have and, found great people. For those who don't know, Gyunk is supposedly all, all Armenians. Armenian. Have yeah. you ever found a non-Armenian? Yeah, order? there's Parsiks on there. There's Arabs on there. Okay. There's some white, some random token white guy on sure. there. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. fine. Like I'm, and I'm totally fine with dating a white guy or a Parsik guy or an Arab guy. My problem is not where you came from. It's how you're going to treat me mm. and the the quality of the person that you are. And it is really poor quality. I'm telling you, it is like really <laughs> like swampy, Sheesh. swampy people. Are there success stories on that site that I'm you've sure heard there of? Are, okay, yeah. you, you don't know anybody, any friends or anybody. My that... cousin met his wife on Hinge. Okay. And I know lots of people, even t- Tinder was supposed to be a booty call place, sure. but lots of people connected and they had meaningful relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, they're doing matchmaking, mm. which I'm cool with. Yeah. I'd, I'd want to try. I mean, it's tough meeting people. Very tough. Right? Very tough. Everyone's like, oh, you're always decked out. You're dressed to the nine. You're going to all these posh places. Yes, I am. But I'm oftentimes holding a microphone. I'm there on a professional capacity. And... There are opportunities to talk to me when the camera is off. You know, I go sit down. I'm at a gala or whatever sure. it is, or an art show. But um, I think I think men and women, but mostly men, because we still expect men to make that step to sure. talk to someone. I think they're really, really lacking the confidence, or they're lazy, or they're just not even really excited about having something that's. Or they can't hold a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is texting nowadays, yeah. so it's hard for. And there's so many relation. There's so many options, Mike. We I, we can talk to each other on Instagram, Facebook, on a dating app. Yeah. People even messaging each other on uh, TikTok. Every like three or four different avenues of communication you can have. Does it creep you out though? If somebody's gonna DM you on on one of those apps. I mean, I've gotten DMs, but there's nothing. That, it'll be like hard eyes or like, "Hi, how are you?" And I'm like, "I'm good. Can I help you? Right. Like, are you are you asking about the show? Like, why are you messaging me? I mean, I'll be very nice. Sure, I'm, sure, I'm being yeah. a little crass sure, right now. Sure, yeah. I'll be nice. I'll be yeah. very polite. I don't want to rub anybody the wrong way. I don't because you know you can take screenshots of things. You can. Spread misinformation sure. about me. I'm a professional. I'm going to talk to you. And if you have something to say, please, I would love to engage in conversation mm-hmm. with you, even if it doesn't go in a, in a romantic sure. route. I'm still being very, like, Shonorkov and kind to yeah, you and things like yeah. respectful. Yeah, yeah. Shonorkov. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So most of the time, they don't say anything that would pique my interest. And there have been a few times where they're very nice and they do say something, but, I mean, the chemistry is not there. But I think... And a word of advice to men, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk into the camera when I say this, please treat the woman that you're trying to talk to like they're just someone that you just want to talk to. Or the person they respect. Yeah. that they, uh, Like a like woman a friend that they, that they respect. They res- talk yeah. to me like a friend. Talk yeah. to me like, like say, oh, um, 
you know, what's your favorite episode that you've done? Or if you don't know about my show, you can say like, hey, what do you love to do um, besides working? Like, do you do you uh, like to go to a baseball game? Do you like to go dancing? Do you take karate lessons or boxing? You know, something. Something with some st- substance. Open-ended question. Hi, you're beautiful. Right. Gee, thanks. I know, I own a mirror. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Or lead them to this episode because you were pretty open and uh, transparent <laughs> right? earlier. Please go to the link in my bio of how to talk to <laughs> so- me. I'll tell you how my past yeah, in the yeah. first 30 minutes oh of this episode. Oh my god, I know. Ooh, that was yeah. scare him away. Uh, <laughs> do you think they're intimidated by you? I've gotten people who say that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think women, straight women who are confident and gay women love me. They love me and they love talking to me and they see they're like, oh, you're so cool and down to earth and so easy to talk to. I'm like, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, do I not come off that way? Yeah. And then you'll well, I think hear... the, your rawness might scare some guys. Yeah. Yeah. You're because you're going to say what's on your mind and guys don't like to be rejected. But then but then you guys complain and say that we're so elusive and yeah. we don't tell you how we really feel and you guys have to guess. Like I'm yeah. I'm getting the guessing no, no, game no. out I'm, of I'm there. with you. I'm with you for sure. <laughs> and listen, it's their past too. Yeah. So the stuff that they've gone through in the past, yeah. I think it's gonna happen, you know, everything going forward. Yeah. It's my opinion. And yeah. so they're like, Oh no, I, I have to really keep it easy and cool because mm-hmm. I don't wanna be the real person because yeah. then I might get rejected and yeah. then my self esteem goes down and I have no confidence. Even if I and, was gonna reject someone. I would do it with so much consideration yeah. and finesse. Yeah, tell the camera that. Even if I was going to reject someone, I'm very, very nice about it. I'm very polite. I'll let you down easy. And it doesn't have to be this tragedy. You know what I mean? Like, it could just be, thank you so much. It took so much courage to, yes. That's an IG reel right there. Boom. Yeah? You put that on an IG reel? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now you'd be like, hey, listen, dude, if you're going to DM me, I'm going to let you down easy and mm-hmm. cool. That way it's like a business card. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. your new business card right there. <laughs> your new dating business card. Oh, gosh. I think you can, I think it takes a lot of courage to just walk up to a person. And for me, it's so easy to strike up a conversation. I, I can even make a cute little joke and be really silly and charming and, you know, sarcastic yeah. and sassy. But I understand that walking up to a beautiful woman, you yeah. know, that taking that deep yeah, yeah. breath and, hey, how are you? Or something like that. Like, I think, and I think, you know, we got we to gotta be real here. A lot of women in the last 10 years have had this, like, well, you know, this kind of yeah. thing going on. Yeah. And that's not fair. And remember, this is L.A., yeah. This isn't Texas friendly. Yeah. Uh, right. Territory. Southern ho- hospitality. This kind is of LA, thing. man. Yeah. You good luck going to anywhere in mm-hmm, Los Angeles mm-hmm. and talking to a, a cute girl, mm-hmm. right? And dudes. Do you have that problem, Mike? I, I, I want to thank- ask you. Thankfully, I have an amazing fiance. Soon, I had no idea. Dude, get married. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I have not once seen anything. I had no idea. I told you, I don't share that stuff. That's all private information. Really? That I don't need to tell I'm anybody so about. I'm so happy thank for you. you. Thank you. Yeah. She's amazing. Amazing family. Yeah. Blessed. What? Yeah. Congratulations. When did you pop the question? Well, okay. February. February. Did you make an Instagram? Yes, yes. February okay. of uh, this year. Yeah. Okay. Getting Valentine's in, Day? Getting married in May. Yeah. Okay. Valentine's weekend. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. How'd you do it? Uh, so our first <laughs> date was at a little tiny little sushi place by her by her place. Mm-hmm. And man, so many great stories from that. From mm-hmm. that, that whole thing. Her dad is, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Easy going guy. Hiya? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kept it in the family. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> and so I didn't have his number to, to talk to him prior to me asking for her hand. 
And so we're at a okay. barbecue at her place, mm -hmm. and I'm going through her nephew's iPad that mm -hmm. has 4% battery life, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to find her, her dad's, dad's number. phone number. Mm -hmm. So I don't know the password of the iPad. So uh, somebody's in the kitchen. I say, you guys know the password of this iPad? Yeah, whatever, right? I hit the numbers, mm -hmm. and I look 4%. I was like, oh, my gosh. I need to hurry up and get this thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm planning on asking her next week, and I'm planning on asking him. This whole time you couldn't look in her phone and get her dad's number? No. Dude. Yeah, no. She's 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 always got the phone. She's not always on the phone, but yeah. she's kind of, it's always there. Oh, yeah. Okay. So so I go through the iPad and I see Dada. That's mm -hmm. that's grandpa. Mm -hmm. So I was like, da, 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 da. same number as hers. The last three digits, the last four digits are different. Mm -hmm. So I'm just putting that in my head, putting that in my head. I think it was mm -hmm. like 8387, 8387, whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So. They're like, what are you doing on that thing? And I was like, get rid of all the apps, put it away. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm trying to see if he's got a game I want to play, you know. Yeah, so I put that on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> Monday rolls by uh -huh. and I'm nervous. And um, and I've got my finger hovering over his number. I was like, mm. do I do it? Do I do it? I was like, yeah. I'm gonna Did do you it. already buy the ring? I at that point, I have the ring. So then there you go. Yeah, I have the ring. But it's nervous, man. It's oh, nervous city, okay. right? I'm like yeah. going crazy. <laughs> and so. I call him and he says, hello. I says, hey, Mr. G. I said, this is Mike Gabriel. You got a couple minutes? Can I talk to you? And he says, what? Yeah. And and he was being kind of like standoff-ish. Okay. So I was like, either he doesn't know it's me or he's having a rough morning. Okay. Right? Okay. And he makes his walk every day okay. uh, to get his Starbucks with his buddy. How long have you guys been dating? Three years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so... He's like, ah, I've got 15 minutes. I've got a guy at the house. I gotta go. Mm. You know, sorry. I was like, ah, it's like I'll be there in 20 minutes. Just give me five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, hurry. It's like, man, he's never been that rude to me before. Okay, what's going on? Okay. Maybe he must know what's happening. He's, he's gonna, you know. Okay. So I get there 20 minutes later. Okay. And I call him again, and he says, Hey, where are you? And I says, oh, I'm behind. I said, turn around. Yeah, I'm here. He goes, oh, my God, Mike, it's you. I thought I was this sales guy who keeps calling me. He's oh trying to sell me God. something. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. So we sit down and have an amazing conversation. Oh, my God. As I'm about to ask him, yeah. a friend of mine that I've known since high school, I, I, Chris, I'm not lying to you. I'm ready to, like, ask the father. This mm -hmm. guy come, Mike, how are you? Mm -hmm. What's happening? And I was like, I haven't seen not this a guy guitar. in 15 years. <laughs> yeah. And now I run into him while yeah. I'm nervous, I'm sweating, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm ready to ask the father for daughter's hand. And now yeah. this guy's coming I, randomly out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And so he's talking to me for like a long three, four minutes. Uh, yeah. Uh, three, four minutes. Long. <laughs> yeah. Long as three, four minutes. So then I finally asked the dad. He's obviously excited, ecstatic about oh it. Oh, my know. God. Yeah. So then I asked. Now, now it's Friday night, and I'm I'm a little nervous. You know, I was good throughout the day. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm leaving my office, and now I'm a little bit nervous. Yeah. Man, I'm getting nervous for you. Yeah. <laughs> They're already lead up. <laughs> yeah. So I've got everything, and... Uh -huh. And I'm going to grab her, and we're going to go to the sushi place. Mm -hmm. And this is your first date place, right? Yeah. You're taking her back to the first date. That's right. Okay. First is this date. your anniversary? It wasn't an anniversary. No. Okay. No. So but she didn't have... Okay. It was Valentine's weekend. I'm ready to go. It was just, mm -hmm. let's do it. You know? Okay. So I told my buddy to record it, you know, kind of be around the corner and just mm -hmm. like record us mm -hmm. if you can. No mm -hmm. problem. He takes his wife, and they have two different angles, right? Good. So my buddy, <laughs> my buddy calls me. As as I'm getting there, uh -huh. and he's like, "Hey, dude," he's like, "You want me to make reservations at the sushi place?" I'm like, "Honestly, dude, at this point, I'm I can't eat. I have no appetite. Yeah, yeah. I'm nervous. Yeah. Don't worry about it." I was like, "But you know what? Yeah, try to get one." So mm -hmm. he calls mm -hmm. me back, and he's like, "Man, I asked the lady 
you know, if I get a reservation, my my cousin is going to propose to his girlfriend. If I can get a reservation for yeah. two, and she goes, "Oh, ha ha ha, that's cute." We don't have a reservation tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, even better. It's fine. No, no big deal. <laughs> like she cares. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like. Get, get, don't care about him or his uh, proposal. Nice, okay? but yeah, we yeah. have a long roster yeah. of people waiting. Yeah, good try. Okay. So we walk down the street mm-hmm. and we're at that area and she thinks I have reservations at this restaurant. Yeah. And I don't. And it was for 8.15 and it was like 8 o'clock. And she's like, should we just check in early? You know, just tell them that we're here. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, no, no. I was like, no, no. It's just... You know, Are you trying to be outside? outside? Is it pretty outside? Shaking. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Beautiful night. Okay, good. Yeah, beautiful night. Okay. Are you trying to do this at like a park bench somewhere? No. Right outside. The, the entrance. The sushi place. Little tiny hole in the okay. wall. Cute little sushi joint. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. And. Oh, man. You won't believe this. I'm ready to ask the question. I have her like, you know, going to ask and I was like, ready to reach in my pocket. Uh-huh. Fire engine rolls down the street. <laughs> I swear. You're like, right. I was like, somebody. Yeah. Somebody. I was like, no, yeah. no way, right? This is this, and I talked talk to a friend about that, and he's like, man, he's like, that's God just being having a sense of humor, so mm-hmm. you have stories to tell. Yeah, which is why we're here. You know? Yeah. I'm like, man, thank you for that. So she, yeah, she she was she was ecstatic as I was. She you know she said yes and yeah. Um, I want to see a picture. Right now? Of her. Yeah. Don't you want to see my reaction? Oh, yeah. You want to do it right yeah. now? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this is at my end. Aw, Jonna. Beautiful. So, And who's that guy? That's uh, a buddy of mine. And okay. then his wife's on the other side. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Very nice. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, she's Well, she's muzzle cool. tough. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> And and how we met was through a friend. I mean, mm-hmm. how else are you supposed to meet like good I know, people tell nowadays? Me about it. You know, at least there's a vetting process, like mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier. Like mm-hmm. my friend knows that she's a great person. Yes, that's my friend the knows best that I'm a good connection. person. Yeah, yeah. So, but see, I'm in my in my mid 30s. A lot of people who are really great that I personally know are already married. Yeah. And then sometimes the younger guys are approaching me mm-hmm. um, on these apps, and I'm just like, ah, I don't know. Give it a try. No, I'll give it a try. Give it a try. If I see that we're connecting yeah, give it a try. and he's really mature and things like mm-hmm. that, yeah, I don't care. There's 45-year-olds who aren't doing shit. Tell me. Uh, I'll tell you. But um, uh, We've got a mutual friend with that same situation. They yeah? just got married this last weekend. Annie. Right. Exactly. And yes, 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 yes. He's, he's a, Eric is an amazing, amazing guy. I know. Amazing guy. Like, yeah. she couldn't have picked a better guy. Yeah. But initially... What's their age difference? Like 10 years. Damn. That's initially, she's hating me for this, by the way. She hates this Annie topic of amazing. conversation. No, Annie, th- it's totally fine. I, I, if the guy is younger, he's going to keep you young. He's going to make you feel... Chris, there's no you know. better situation. There's no better person. <laughs> <You know. laughs> keep her young for a long time, right? Right, right. And he's totally okay with it. Yeah. But there's no better person she could have picked than him, I swear. Yeah. I thought about that yesterday when they yeah. when they when they got married. I was like, man, well, congratulations, she Annie. Girl, I know. Yeah, a better guy, yeah. yeah. So And yeah. I love genuine connections like that. Like because of her, we got to know each other yeah. and we were here today. Yeah. And I love those genuine 
real connections where you're like, I know somebody, maybe it might work out, maybe it won't, but at least you'll, you'll give it a try. There's that lo- level of trust and security that you have because there's a mutual mm-hmm. friend or acquaintance. Yeah. You know, I just, I'm open to things. I'm open to meeting. I want to have that love in my life. I think this like catch flights, not feelings. I don't want to have feelings, jaded bullshit yeah. that people are going through these days are like, terrible yeah it's terrible like stop with the fake i don't need anybody yeah trust me maybe you think like that in your 20s or even in your 30s but once you're 45 55 you're gonna want to have a companion you don't have to have a spouse Mm -hmm. but you want to have a companion it gets lonely out there yeah and you shouldn't have to just be with someone for a warm bed or whatever it is like try to find a genuine connection with someone to spend time with and travel and cook together and hold each other and watch movies and do all the cute stuff yeah 100%. 100%. You know, it's I just... It's important. I, I miss that. Yeah. I really do. And um, I I don't know. It might, it might happen. It might not. But I know I'm not, like, blocking that from entering my life. It just sometimes it just doesn't work out. And I know it's difficult mm-hmm. to find someone. And in the beginning of the conversation, we said, well, you know, through our dreams and things like that, things are just meant to be. But... I really believe that there are things that are meant to be, but I feel like sometimes you got to put yourself in mm. a situation where right place, right time, pull the trigger, take a risk, take shoot your shot, whether it's like work or friendship or making connections or maybe finding a significant other. No doubt. You kind of have to just give that little nudge. No doubt. Nothing happens without a connection. Right? Or opening your mouth. Opening your mouth, about being it. there, being present, yeah. being present. And you know what I've well, you know what the number one thing that I've learned in the last few years mm. for me personally and mm. I think for a lot of others and if and if others are going through it, I hope this helps. Anytime I feel some sort of anxiousness, I'm doing something big. Yes. Something big's going to happen. This is why I'm yes. a little bit nervous about it. Yes. So just take a step and do it. Right. Right. You're thinking about it. You want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's something that that's in you, but you're you're anxious. Mm-hmm. But it's something big. Something big is going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's how we grow. Yes. That's how we become better humans. Yes. Right. Exactly. So. And then you can say like, "Hey, I did my part. I put myself out there. I know there's a lot of memes out there like, oh, you're never going to meet the right man sitting at home on your couch. He's not going to fall through the mm-hmm. roof or mm-hmm. come in through the door.'" But like, just go out and and try to meet people and and maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. Also, if you're young and haven't been married, no kids, nothing's tying you down, move. For God's sakes, get the hell out of LA. Yeah. Go somewhere else. Maybe you'll find something great. Yeah. Maybe you won't, you can come back. Yeah. Go to Vegas, go to Arizona, Mm. go to San Francisco, somewhere. Yeah. Like if you see that your life is not changing for the last two, five, six, eight years, maybe you don't like your job anymore, maybe you're really tired of the same thing over and over again, as exciting as LA is, maybe the right person isn't here for you maybe the right job isn't here for you maybe you can go somewhere else and be like hey i i took up gardening Mm -hmm. may i i took up you know some hobby that i would have never otherwise done and like you said la is not going anywhere it's not you always come back you'll always come back fall back yeah if you have no ties that's a that's a that was the only thing holding me back was like i have to be near my parents Mm -hmm. i want to raise kids here what if i have a kid and then my parents want to be near their grandchild just go yeah Maybe you can bring someone from New York or Florida or Texas and come back to sure. LA. Maybe you'll stay there. Yeah. 
Yeah. You'll make it work. Yeah. I w- that's the one thing I would tell younger people. That's one thing, and I don't have any regrets, but I wish some things I was a little bit made d- different choices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to say the same thing. You said you're in your mid-30s. You're going to say the same thing at 45. Mm-hmm. I should have done this at 35. Mm-hmm. At 55, I should have done this at 45. 45 yeah. So you're not... You, you, you've got plenty left. I know you've yeah. got kids and it's holding you back and all that right. stuff, but I think the thought always is I should have, mm-hmm. I would have. I would have, I could have. Could have. Yeah, th- those are all what it could have, should have. Yeah. But, um, you know, do it I, now. Do it now, yeah. Do it now. Yeah. Yeah, do it now. Absolutely. Yeah. I love this that. This is cool. Pretty cool conversation, right? I want to thank her for inviting me to her home and making some sugar-free coffee for me. It was fun and a cool experience. I want to get more on podcasts. I I think it'd be fun. Talk about some of the things that I've experienced in business and leadership and coaching in sports, politics, etc. But I enjoyed that conversation. And again, the longer version on YouTube on her page, Candid Coffee. Good for her to work on herself. Good for her to know that she had an issue and she had to work on herself and get back to um, making herself feel good again because that's pretty vital, pretty important. Thank you for making me a part of your day. I am Mike Gabriel. This is Mike Up Pod. Until next time, folks, no wasted days. Let's go. Let's go.